0: Welcome to What Are You Sporting About podcast, a podcast about business, employment, sports, and entertainment to help educate, support, and guide you to your next level. Here's your host, attorney Savania DeBarros.
1: Hello, everybody. It's Savania DeBarros, the protector of athletes, and I am back again with another podcast episode. But before we get into all the meat today, I will have a few announcements, all right? So first off, you do know that I am the founder and owner of the S.L. Law Firm, where we represent six- and seven-figure business owners and athletes in business. But I'm super excited because I am launching another book this summer. I'm trying my best, fingers crossed. First book on name, image, and likeness. It's going to be called, well, it is called Athletes Making Moves. So you guys, I definitely want you to go out there, support this movement, make sure that you go to prosportlaurier.com so that you can get information on this book. And then also join the Facebook group, Athletes Making Moves. So you can stay in the know. So now today we have Jonathan Jones, but his handle is Jonathan Jones Speaks. All right. So he's making major moves in the athletic field. Let me just tell you a little bit about Jonathan. He is a best selling author. He is a two-time TEDx speaker and the host of Beyond the Ball podcast. He's been featured in places like CBS News. He's spoken to over 100,000 students ranging from elementary school to college. So I'm so excited to have him on this platform today. Jonathan, welcome. If there's anything else about you that you want to add, go ahead and and drop it on the mic.
2: Well, I'm glad to be here and, you know, just grateful to to be on the platform and c- congrats to you on, on launching your second book. But no, I don't think there's anything else. We we can just dive in and, and just start from where we start.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So I do want to know, though, what does the question, what are you sporting about mean to you?
2: What are you sporting about? When I hear that, I just think. Because, of course, I, like the initial thought is, what are you talking about? But then but then when we switch it out and say, what are you sporting about? The initial thought for me would just be like, what what's your current sport? Because for some in, for some individuals, that sport could be them currently playing on the collegiate level, on the professional level. Uh, but for some others of us who might have had that in uh, another part of our lives, then, you know, now the new sport could be speaking. It could be writing books. It could be writing blogs or it could be. Uh, having a vlog, if you will. So that's what uh, What Are You Sporting About means means to me now.
1: Love it. Love it. So I want to get into some of the stuff that you're doing because you have created this beautiful platform um, where you are able to motivate, inspire and educate athletes everywhere, regardless of their age range. So what I guess, gave you that, um, that motivation, that empowerment to to step into that space to do what you do?
2: I would say the pandemic. And the reason I say that is because uh, initially I was focused mainly on speaking to the general body of college students. And I actually was running from the idea or the concept of working with student athletes. So <laughs> the pandemic gave me some time to sit and to think as events were being shut down and as speaking events that I had previously booked were getting canceled and I had to send checks back, (laughs) which was not fun at all, then I had to think, well, where's a place for me to serve? Where's an opportunity to where I really can add value and I really can support? And that was when I started my second podcast, which is entitled Beyond the Ball, just to be a resource for student athletes. And then from creating that podcast, then I said, I'm going to start speaking with these institutions. And then that was what really began to open this thing up and uh fast forward time. That's why we're here where we are right now.
1: That's amazing. So beyond the ball was created during this, this pandemic.
2: Yes. So it, it, it was created right around, right around March, April. What uh, was when we, when we first launched our first episode Mm -hmm. Nice.
1: So you and I both are pandemic podcast launchers. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's amazing. That's amazing because it brings us back to the question, though. What are you sporting about? And it's funny how you know there's so many different lessons that I feel like the pandemic has has taught a lot of people. But one of the things that you said was, "Where can you really serve? Where where can you do the most good?" And that was something that I also realized was a reason why I needed the podcast because you start having these conversations and you realize that the things you you're doing is not enough to really house those conversations and to really put it out there into the world so that other people can be you know uplifted and empowered to go out and you know change change their own lives. you know I, I truly believe that a lot of people fail to realize that the power truly does lies within them. so With that stated, I do want to ask, though, like what has beyond the ball, um, like what do you talk about on on your podcast and what are some of the the benefits that you've seen your listeners really take away from it?
2: Certainly. So I break it down in the three different sections and it would be stories, strategies and successes. And the the tagline that I always close out with and I say this is beyond the ball where we share stories, strategies and successes to help you succeed beyond your degree. So I've covered everything from uh, LinkedIn strategies, right, because the, the platform is specifically geared towards student athletes. So I did four episodes talking about what type of content to put on LinkedIn, how to begin to set up your LinkedIn page And then even how to differentiate from what content might be most beneficial for you. So talking about that. And then on the other hand, I've had individuals who we might see as as influential individuals, professional athletes from from sports, basketball, football, Super Bowl, uh, champion athletes. And the reason I focus on bringing some of them on sometimes, but the main focus is really to have people who have a connection to sport. So then the student athlete might see well, if this football player or if this basketball player or what, whoever they may be, if they're now doing something else, then what else can I potentially do? So that, that's that been the biggest benefit is ultimately opening up just the playing field, for lack of better terms. But even in addition to that, having a platform and having space To where if a student asks me a question offline, then I can come back and do an episode about that question. I can shoot it to them and then let them know, hey, this episode was sponsored by such and such.
1: I love that because you're taking the real life experiences. And I think for a lot of people, let me see the best way to frame this. So something that I always talk about is education. Right. So just by us doing this podcast episode, just by you doing Beyond the Ball podcasts, people are learning different things. And I always, always say, like without education, I mean, there's gonna be a plateau that you're gonna reach. But if you constantly keep your mind open and you know willing to learn new things and listen to other people, it just opens the gate in terms of how far you can go. Like you can just excel beyond your wildest dreams. Um, so I love that you are providing information to athletes or people connected to sports who technically kind of may have that idea, well, do I have to have a degree just to do X, Y, and Z? You know, (laughs) because some, I mean, think about it, if you talk about education, most people are like, well, I gotta go sit in a classroom, get a degree just to do something, right? But let me ask you this, did it take a a degree for you to be a podcast host?
2: No, no it did not.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. And most people who are out there really, you know, making it happen, they may not have a doctorate degree. They may not have a master's degree. They may not have a a bachelor's degree. But I do believe that if they're making it happen, they are getting the resources from somewhere Mm -hmm. to learn and do better.
2: And I think that's where the biggest opportunity is, is understanding that. Learning when when we grew up, learning looked like going to school, getting the education, getting the degree, and then getting the job. Now, learning has shifted ultimately to courses, to master classes, to webinars, and to now seeing these different products that individuals are creating and they're showing people how you can either obtain the same lifestyle that somebody has been able to obtain based on going to school, getting degree, etc. Or you can even supersede that lifestyle, maybe in some cases, in some situations. So I think now, more than ever before, individuals are being empowered to take alternative forms of education. Uh, Just like I said before, it looked like courses. It looked like programs. It looked like creating your own podcast, you know, different things like that. Ultimately, finding whatever works best for you, for you to create the success that you desire for your own life.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then also think about it from a resource standpoint, too. So if we think about the demographic, the group of individuals who come from communities who are more impacted in terms of the amount of resources that they have, you may not be able to to afford a four-year degree, but it doesn't mean that you can't find the proper resources at an affordable price for you to become educated in whatever that thing is. Um, I love YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> because University. If need, if, right if you have no idea how to do something somebody's made a youtube episode on it and it's free resources right and then you can dive deeper to pay into some of these um programs like you're talking about the workshops and all that where now you can you you're honing deeper into a particular subject area to help you but um I, I do want to ask you and shift gears just a little bit because you are a two-time TEDx speaker. Um, I've been speaking my entire life since I was a kid. My my mom has had us up in front of people singing in church and all kinds of stuff. And I always still get butterflies. Always. Although I've been in front of people for forever, right? So have you ever had, you know, the anxiety around speaking, and if so, like, what are some tips that you can give to athletes or people who want to speak to athletes who may be thinking about getting into that space?
2: So I always Aww. have just that level of the sweaty palms and just that level of I, I don't I don't want to call it anxiety necessarily, because I know it comes from a place of me wanting to do my best and me wanting to make sure that the individual or the individuals that I'm speaking to, I want them to make I want to make sure that they get the best value possible. And the 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 tip that I would say and, and just like the, the individuals I work with when I if I'm doing private coaching around podcasting or around speaking, it's ultimately helping them to understand that you have to do the you have to do the work like you really have to practice. My, my wife has seen me walk around this house and my mother, even when I was growing up, not necessarily growing up, but I was when I was getting really into my speaking, I, I walk around the house and I speak as if somebody is asking me a question. So I would say, oh, Sally, what did you say? That's an excellent question. And then I answer the question. I say, oh, Jimmy, what did you say? So I basically go through the whole process of a presentation. Every presentation I do, I figured out my number. It's probably about me going through the presentation about two to three times, depending on the length of the presentation. So, for instance, uh, just to give tangible so tangible, the first tangible st- step is to practice like legitimately practice. If you need to write it all the way out, write it all the way out and then just practice. So that's number one. Number two would be visualize it just as if you were you know, playing a sport or visualize it just as you are visualizing a dream or something that you desire to come to fruition. But then the, the third point would be based on the length or the amount of time that you have to speak in that engagement, then ratio it out by how much time you should invest. And I say that because I did a 10 minute power talk the other day and I set up the presentation and then I practiced it one time and I was like, OK, I, I'm good. I feel I feel like I'm good on it because I've also invested the actual time to where I have I've gone through that content before. So this wasn't the first time. So th- those those would be the, the tips I, I'd share with the listeners and the viewers, because, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, practice is is, is undefeated. Repetition is the mother of all learning.
1: It is, and you know, I've realized that there are so many different qualities as an athlete, and I, I truly believe once an athlete, always an athlete, because those particular characteristics that are built in, they just never leave. It's a part of who you are. You can take that into whatever your next phase in life is. Um, you talked about visualizing it and practicing. Um, I remember having this coach that I did competitive cheerleading too. So, <laughs> but my coach will always say, practice doesn't make perfect. It makes almost perfect, which is true. But if you practice to try and get perfect, that means that you will do your absolute best. It may not be perfect, but it will be your absolute best. But I always remembered, um, even before my track meets or before any type of um, like cheerleading competition, I would see myself, I would literally visualize myself Mm -hmm. on stage or in the blocks doing whatever I needed to do. And I would, especially for trying to I would literally go through the entire um, event in my head. Mm -hmm. But it made all the difference because then when you get out there, yeah, you have a little bit of butterflies, but it's like, you've already done it. You've already been here. So now you can remove that extra layer of anxiety and nervousness that you may have with whether you are showing up to compete in something or you're, you're showing up to speak, right? Because let's face it, if you go into business, you're gonna have to speak to someone, you're gonna have to pitch someone, you're gonna have to present something to someone, right? And so, how do you do that? So, I love these quick tips. Um, you are also a best-selling author.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what was that book? And then I want you to tell us about the book that you have coming out soon.
2: So I wish I I wish I actually had a copy of my book. I, I need to start keeping it close. I've been moving it yes. around <laughs> around the house due due to the pandemic. We see you have the backdrop with my my wife and our wedding photos back here. Um, so the 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 book is entitled "Process: 14 Surprisingly Simple Behaviors to Skyrocket Millennials to Success." And uh, I actually hired my father to be my book coach. So my dad, Dr. Fred Jones, uh, he was the he was the second coach that I had. The first coach was a training coach for basketball, but he was my first personal development coach. And I paid him five thousand dollars. And then he walked me through the process. Start to finish concept to creation. Ultimately, having helping me put everything in place. And the way he he encourages people to write books, he says you your book should be set up in a way to where you get paid nine ninety seven an hour, and that's not nine dollars and ninety seven cents nine thousand i mean nine hundred and ninety seven dollars nice mhm mhm nice. So, yeah yeah so that 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 that's my dad and 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 that's that's the book story and the book actually brought him and I closer together which is which is also a whole nother story in itself but- that project that I'm working on right now is like we were talking about just in regards to um, well, you you said a little bit about with your book with name, image, and likeness. Yeah, so
1: yeah, yeah. The current okay.
2: project that I'm working on is ultimately helping student athletes start their own podcasts.
1: Got be it. Richer. Being able to use your experience, your speaking experience, um, being connected to sports and then to also read integrate that into the name, image and likeness um, era for athletes, I think that's going to be extremely important because now individuals who may not be popular athletes um, who may not, you know, be a member of one of the most popular teams, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How do they, how do they really monetize their name? their image, their likeness. And podcasting can be one of those things. You know, when I think about all the people I went to school with, um, high school included, and college, and the majority of them were athletes, we ain't we ain't go pro. <laughs> we did not go pro, right? But we we're making it and we're doing things with ourselves. We've created our own brands and it's so amazing when I look back, especially from my high school, when I look back from my high school, I'm like, dang, I had a good class because I can truly say at least 80% of us are really doing the darn thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's amazing. It's amazing. So um, what, is, what is your, I guess, your motivation behind um, teaching the student athletes how to set up and create their own podcasting?
2: So my, my oh, motivation man. honestly oh, is <laughs> just really putting them in position for the simple fact that I was a Division 3 junior college team manager before I was a Division 3 junior college basketball player and then I ended up going to a four-year university which also was Division 3 and now work working with the schools that I work with and now I'm able to I'm able to speak to everywhere from junior college all the way up through NIA N I N A I A and Division One institutions, I just want to ultimately be able to duplicate myself because understanding that for the individual who might not be the fastest, might not be the strongest, might not be the prettiest, however, but if they feel that they have a message to share,
0: mm-hmm. then they can
2: use podcasting as that platform, and then that can catapult into a brand, and then from yep. that point, then they can do speaking engagements and monetize those things. Yep. So, at the end of the day, if they decided to keep holding on to podcasting and continue to be a lifelong podcaster, or if they said this was great to learn these tips and these tricks and these tools, now they they also have become a more marketable job hire because podcasting teaches you technical skills that you're not going to learn everywhere else. You're improving your verbal communication. You're growing your network. And then even as we look at those things, and then in- increase increase. Advantage, even in marketing. So we take those skills and then we plug those into any job application. Or you know, ask CEOs would they look for those attributes in employees? Eight out of ten of them would at least say yes. So ultimately, that like that's what my my inspiration is to really set them up for success in that way. And you know, just be ready to to pivot and roll to whatever is next.
1: Yeah, and I love that because. I mean, look at the success that you've been able to to accomplish just through podcasting, um, which also leads to part of your speaking with some of the colleges and, and, um, you know, other schools like middle schools, elementary schools. So you just have no idea the floodgates of possibilities that could open. So who are some of the the schools or organizations you've had the ability to speak with and, and empower?
2: Excellent question. So I've spoken with the so I've spoken with UConn's uh, a- a- athletic department. Um, I- I've also spoken with University of Vanderbilt, their football program. Um, I'm currently working with West Virginia University with their their football program. And I mean, it It, it even it even goes down the line. Uh, but e- each and every institution, I mean, I-, I really enjoy the opportunity to speak. But even more than that, I enjoy the opportunity to connect with the With the students after, and then you know when we we follow each other on Instagram and then I love when they reach out to me if they have a question or if they you know shoot me shoot me a message, and then we can chat offline just like I was saying earlier, if they're like, "Hey, John, what do you think about this?" or what do you think about that?" And then you know I'll do a podcast episode on it, so just being in a position to connect and build these lifelong relationships is really what I'm all about because I think that's the best way to truly add value. so then ultimately. After I pay it forward towards them, then they'll hopefully turn around and pay it forward to the next generation. And that's what I'm all about.
1: Love it. Love it. Now, because we see your handle here, but is that what where is that? Where can people find you? Jonathan Jones speaks. Is Mm -hmm. that just for um, Instagram?
2: So that is for all the social media platforms except for Twitter and Clubhouse. Clubhouse made me make it shorter. So Clubhouse and clubhouse and Twitter, it's Jonathan J Speaks. But my website is, is JonathanJonesSpeaks.com and that's where people can find me and that's where people can connect with me as well as I'm on YouTube. And that's where I have all my podcast episodes as well as additional video content.
1: Okay. And Clubhouse, say that again for me, um, Jonathan J?
2: Yes, Jonathan J Speaks.
1: Okay. You guys make sure that you go out and follow Jonathan on all social media, social media channels. Um, check out his YouTube so that you can definitely get a lot more of content from him. So you can be educated and inspired and motivated to truly tap into your purpose. Uh, Jonathan, I definitely appreciate you for being here. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with?
2: Um, I would say. Well, one, I would say if 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 they are on Instagram, I would say just 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 swing by and check me out on Instagram because I go live Monday through Friday. I've just been covering different topics. I'm going to more so drill down and start focusing predominantly on podcasting. So helping people around just the concept of that. But I mean, u- ultimately, the, the, the last thing I want to leave with the people is. Find a place where you can serve and find a problem you can solve. And then that will lead to your success. Love it.
1: Great way to end. <laughs> Great way to end. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming on to the show. Guys, I definitely want to remind you, check out the website, make sure that you sign up for our newsletter so that you can be in the know for all things that are going to be happening. New Book launch, uh, the facebook groups we're going to go live on well not live but we're going to definitely create the group for instagram athletes making moves this is not just something for college athletes this is for any athlete because you have the power to make the move that you want but you need to be educated and encouraged and motivated to do so and know how to do it right so check me out prosportlawyers.com make sure that you go and follow us on instagram at what are you sporting about Uh, Become a part of the group Athletes Making Moves on Facebook. Currently, it's coming on Instagram. And until next time, this is Savani DeBarros, the Protector of Athletes. I look forward to connecting with you guys again for another episode of What Are You Sporting About?
0: Bye.